Good morning! Welcome to the 8th episode of the Intentional Seesaw. My name is Katie Levin, I am your host, and I'm here to reach out to teachers of owls to empower you to live an easier, more purposeful life as a teacher and parent so you can feel energized to handle it all. Today I'm speaking with a new co-teacher, and we're planning to work together this upcoming fall. This episode is us talking about intentionally preparing to have English language learners, or in this case multilingual learners, in our integrated ENL ELA classroom. This is part one of two of our conversation. This half is a great overview of all things ENL as it relates to New York State. It's mostly focused on her burning questions, as I like to call them, all those things that are on her mind as an integrated co-teacher. Whenever we do a share group, I always like to start with opening questions because, you know, sometimes there's worries in your mind that are so like screaming so loud at you that you just need to get them out so we can move on to um, learning some new information as well. So her questions are incredible. She wants to um, take care of these students and I'm so um, honored to have this opportunity to talk with her about these things. You know, we we talk a little bit about how co-teachings worked in the past, all things for integrated co-teaching for ENL. But most importantly, this conversation is about setting up the classroom for success, to be kind and inclusive of everyone's needs, and she plans to do this with a positive morning meeting each day. I'm so excited to work with her, and I hope this conversation inspires some positive conversation between you and your current and or future co-teachers. So let's listen. Okay, so I guess we can start first with um, today, is it referred to as ENL or ELO? So in New York State, the course is called ENL English as a new language but ELL is the learners English language learners so the children are ELLs ah okay and the the course or curriculum is ENL or sometimes they say it could still be ESL English as a second language oh okay that <laughs> yes. makes sense but they switch to N because it's a new language, it could be more than one language spoken before they get to English. Okay. Um, so I have had ENL classrooms before. Okay. Um, but typically, those students have been um, very proficient in English. It really hasn't been much of a barrier. So just knowing next year the dynamic of, of the students that I have, I think I just have more questions about how to really be successful at this role. Um, Absolutely. So the, the, like the first kind of big thing for me is how do I still build a relationship with those students while they're really, really learning, you know, with the English language, as well as create a strong class culture and community where they feel like they're welcome and not like they're on the outside. I love that. That's a great question. And so your first question was getting to know them as individuals. Mm -hmm. 
So we've been using an iPad translator with Microsoft Translate as the app. And uh, there's two modes, it's side to side or face to face. The kids actually preferred the face to face. So I'll see in English um, what, what the computer heard me say. So I know whether it's accurate or not. And then they, it translates to Russian and they also see the visual of the language in front of them as well. So sometimes you turn the sound down on the iPad and they can just um, read the Russian. Of, okay. of what was said to them while class is going on so we're not disrupting the learning. Oh, okay. Yeah, isn't that cool? Mm -hmm, it yes. is. Yeah, so then you're not having to pause and wait for the repetition because that's why when you have like a meeting with a parent or whatnot, you schedule double time because of the time that it takes to translate either in their head or using, um, you know, like a physical device. So this is something that I would be using while teaching as you can, well yes and do you, do you have a microphone are you walking with that ipad so that you can visually see if it's coming across as correct yes okay and you can also um so the the lowest proficient student i would put as close to the teacher as close to instruction as possible for seating purposes um and then in your classroom, you will also have other children who are Russian speakers. So um, in your in this in the current fourth grade classroom, going up to fifth grade, um, there are other children in there that are able to translate for you. Um, and some from the other classroom will be able to, if if there's a struggle, can come over and help as well. So getting to know the students. Um, I have some bilingual like getting to know you sheets that we could copy for all the kids bilingually so they see the English and the Russian. That would be you, cool. Yeah, it would be cool. So then they, they know that language is valued among mm -hmm. everybody, you know, um, and I would do that with any, any of the students where, you know, there's a language ability lacking um, that because they're they're learning mm -hmm. you know they have this language in their home language they just don't have it in English yet correct okay. growth mindset okay so then the second part of your question was building a classroom community I would do whatever you normally do to build your classroom community um, the idea the one thing I would layer on if possible would be called translanguaging Okay. And trans, we know, means across. So it's just using two languages in your classroom. And obviously, you don't speak um, Russian, and that's okay. I don't speak Russian either. All right. All I've learned so far is spasiba, which is thank you. Um, and da is yes. So, okay. <laughs> and muto arbusto, I believe that's right, is good job. Okay. But uh, that one I'm not as good with. So, you know, like, but little phrases like that yeah. as the translator saying them, I'm picking them up too. Okay. Um, so, you know, do your regular classroom community activities, just maybe incorporating that layer of language in there. And really what we're emphasizing would be um, at this point, so your student is emerging. So that's not actually the lowest level of English proficiency. Okay. So she was able to ask me a full sentence question about what she was supposed to do for a writing task in English. So she does have some English. Okay. She um, has, she's reading at a level C. Okay. Um, she has quite a few sight words. 
And some of them are just like little pronunciation things like here and it was pronounced as hair, has is his. Okay, um, so feet was as fet. Um, so it's not that far off, it's more pronunciation. For spelling wise, she has the majority of her beginning and final consonants, so we're on the short vowels um, in the, the language learning sequence, which is why you see my vowel chart that is English and Russian. Okay. So the, the orange on here is my Russian vowels. Okay. So in, not all the sounds exist in English, and some of the sounds are pronounced with an extra Z in them in Russian. So um, when they say the, a lot of times you hear za. Okay. Um, so, but it, like little things that over time will grow and develop. Um, she knows the majority of her letters, can identify them in lowercase and uppercase with a couple. Now, when you're saying identify, does that mean you say find the letter L and she points to it, or she's seeing this and saying L? She's seeing it and saying L. So okay. she's producing that language. That's okay. a great question, because that's there's a big difference between right. Yes, and it's so second language learning because you've done ENL before, you know that second language learning is just like learning a first language where the first bit is all they're quiet and they're taking in, and at about a year they can understand okay almost everything that's going on around them, uh, you know, for babies. Yep, you know, it depends with our kiddos. Um, but we're you know, at this level, we're kind of focusing on one word or one to two words um like so key vocab so saying like we want to get out our book and you show the book that you need holding up in the air okay so okay. using the physical objects is helpful i know um there's another fourth grade teacher that i work with who has clip art of all of her materials that she just puts on the board so the kids can um, she'll say get your materials and she just tacks them magnetically up to the front board so we could probably get you a copy of that. Okay, yeah, that'd be um, great. So so then, you know, you're not using, you, you have the pictures already made up for you. I have classroom labels for you that are bilingual. Okay. Um, they're already made up. And uh, I have the New York State provides glossaries for any test. So if it's an ELA test, she can use these English-Russian um, glossaries. There's one for math, science, and social studies. So okay. I have a binder for you and a binder for her okay. um, for, for next year with all these materials in them. Okay. So, okay. So, you know, whatever works. Yeah. Is, is how I look at it. What, what do the students need? What I do is very individualized. Like you said, the, the, all the other students are going to be either expanding or okay, commanding. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah, okay. in your classroom. And so they have the BICs, the basic interpersonal communication skills. Um, so in your classroom, they should be able to follow directions. Um, the tricky part will be when they're reading that sometimes there might be... Um, like an expression that they don't understand, mm. um, you know. That makes sense. Yes, mm -hmm. like, you know, she, he was tripping over his tongue as he was speaking. Like, how can you he trip tripping. on a tongue? Right, right. You know, like, so so that kind of stuff. And I've really found in our current fifth grade room, we use book clubs. And so the kids can actually put Post-it notes in the book and say, like, what is mm -hmm. this? And then it's small groups, so they feel comfortable asking the kids in their group what something is. Yes. Instead of, like, raising your hand in front of the full class. Okay. 
And I think I think that's my goal, especially having a student who's here and emerging mm-hmm. is obviously in a room full of 23 students and other students who have other needs. Like I won't always be able to be right there to make sure everything is getting communicated correctly or whatever. And so if I can build a class culture where this is just accepted and it's valued and then that student is looked after by everyone. Oh, you didn't understand. She said, get out, you know, yes. Like I think that is kind of like the goal I'm headed towards. I love that. And so I think that's the advice I'm trying to seek is like, okay, so how do I, how do you do, how do I do that? How do I create that culture? So this is helpful. Okay, good. Yeah, because that's, that's amazing. And that's like, that's the highest level of scaffolding that you can do is putting it where the students get the, the help they need themselves. Right. And that's what I'm trying to teach the girls. So for summer work, I have uh, worked with them on Zern. Okay. On um, reading A to Z, because I have an account for that and um, Khan Academy Kids. I've explained that Khan Academy Kids, I know it's K through two. I know she's going into fifth grade, I told her, but the directions and vocabulary and where she's reading are at a first grade level. So I put her on a first grade level. I put in that her age is six. And so like she was able to follow the directions on the app today um, as we were going through and doing it. She's familiar with the other two apps. She actually has accounts for a classroom teacher. So on reading A to Z, her books are in, in Russian. Okay and or Ukrainian. Um, In my account, the books are at her instructional level in English, so they're at a level B. Okay. And that, or at her independent level, because she's going to be reading them independently, gathering vocabulary, and I worked with her today on, like, if she doesn't understand something, using the picture, or that she could open another tab and use a translator, too. Okay. And check that way. So, um... So I, uh, you know, what I'm trying, what I do is very strategic because I want them to have the strategies to be able to survive in your classroom because unfortunately I only get one moment or one period of integrated instruction with you. Okay. And I have one period of standalone instruction with her. And the standalone time is when I work on the the vowels, the reading at her level because yes. we're not going to be able to have a reading group at level C. Correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, she needs both. She needs at her level and she needs at grade level and being learning to tolerate being uncomfortable, not knowing all the things. But we're also trying to work with her to pick out like keywords that she does recognize or helping her find keywords in the English stuff to answer. Um, when I gave the nicest slot, I noticed her sister, if the answer was in the title, she was able to pick it out of the answer choices as the correct answer. Now for her, she, um, uh, the student going into your class, she actually got the gist of most listening things, which okay. is great. Yeah. Because it, even the gist of reading things she was reading, which was impressive because um, I have strong students that have been in ENL since kindergarten, now going into seventh grade, that still can't quite get the gist of what they're reading. 
But she has that skill because she learned it in her home language. And then it's the process of transferring, recognizing how it's applying to this second language. And okay. she's, she's getting there. She's okay. really impressing me. And you're going to be impressed with how much she grows in the year yeah, we have sure. together. Even just over summer, you're going to be impressed with how much she grows. So just speaking of, since you talked about minutes, because my other question is just how do other academic areas work? And so when you, the integrated portion of it, is that very much dictated just by your schedule and what you have free Okay. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, oh, she could really use help in this subject. Well. Or we have the freedom to maybe move things around. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking, um, I don't know, maybe science, right? Maybe science is really hard for her to follow along. The words are big, something, right? And so it'd be nice to have that integrated. But it's really dictated by your schedule. It is. Yes. Okay. But so how, how I make my schedule is right now I have the first period is for sixth grade. Second period is for um, uh, seventh grade or 11th grade. And then third period is for eighth grade. So I have all of the ones that are like fixed yep. times out of the way before you guys even start classes almost. Okay. okay. So that way... The rest of my day, I can kind of pick and choose in the intermediate building what fits where. Okay. Um, around the building schedule and, if possible, around student needs. Okay. Um, you know, science time might actually be a good time for me to do pull-out instruction. Um, the only thing with that is this year, so next year, fifth grade is getting the state assessment. Oh, Oh, it's not going to be fourth grade. No, it's changing. Okay. So, so that that's why I was just thinking like, ooh, that could be what we're normally, right, science and social studies, those are very important subjects, but they tend to be the ones where it's like, oh, well, I could pull a student out for such and such a thing and whatever. Yeah where next year it's like they're going to have to take the test at the end of the year. Well, usually I actually try to do like the RTI schedule. I actually try to pull during RTI times just to to balance everything because there's already going to be other kids missing. Um, But I also know that RTI can be used as overflow for guided reading time. Yeah. Um, But I – so I love – um, doing integrated instruction during guided reading time. I love working with all the children. Um, in my current fifth grade situation, I do run all the reading groups. Okay. Um, in fourth grade right now, the kids are used to the classroom teacher runs the reading groups, and I'm doing grade level instruction, so I have one story. I'm reading it with all four of my guided reading groups, but then I'm modifying my instruction to um, fit their needs. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. so I, that's how I'm differentiating is how I'm teaching yep. and how I'm supporting the kids versus the material being at their level. Okay. So, you know, it's it's a big balancing act. And that's oh, for sure. Teaching, teaching is a big balancing act. Yeah. And, you know, prioritizing what, what's going to give us the biggest bang for our buck. What's going to, you know, what really works mm-hmm. to make a difference in these kids' lives. Yeah. Um, so my last kind of um, big question is obviously for um, the one student coming into my room who's emerging – 
I'm under the assumption then that kind of the whole family, parents, and everything, very limited English at this point. Is that true? So we're meeting with mom next Wednesday okay. in person, and we'll okay. get to find out more. There are two children in the building um, that that are getting schooled here. There are two kids that are under school age. Okay. And um, I know they said mom is working or mom is not working, dad is working. But I don't know if working, quote unquote working, means that dad's fighting in the war. I don't know. Because oh, like not even here. Yes. Oh gosh. Be, so uh, we don't know the situation because of where they came from. And it's kind of a tough situation to ask about because um, there's a, my understanding um, based on what I've researched is that there's, from ages 16 to 65, you are not allowed to leave Ukraine. That like the kids are allowed to leave with one custodial parent and everyone else is to remain behind, brothers, sisters, everyone to fight. That's oh, wow. that's my understanding of the current situation in Ukraine. Okay. So um, I'm gonna kind of carefully ask mom if dad is living in the United States right now, just to understand. Right. Um, you know my heart my heart breaks yeah for these people going through this yeah i can't even imagine so mm. and you know that's that's a part of it too is the traumatic aspect of being forced out of the right. country so the kids um one other thing i recently learned was that ukraine is still providing virtual schooling so, and I asked my girls, and they're doing it. They're, they're, they have downloaded the programs, and so they are learning English from Ukraine on their computers as well while they're here. So, so clearly this is a family then that is on top of things. Yes. I mean, I can only imagine if dad is really still over there fighting. Mom has how many kids over here then? Two, four. Four? Yeah, two in school and two at home. So foreign country foreign language and yet she's like okay here I know how to okay wow yes and well and they have the huge incredible support of their church okay so they chose our area because of our um our religious church that they all go to together so that's okay. how the kids all know each other and most of them are related in some way or another okay. too do you know what religion it is yes it's a Christian religion okay so I'll tell you afterwards yeah. okay um so then just still kind of going on there. So let's just go under the assumption, because this is my question. Let's go under the assumption that there's limited English even spoken at home. Yes. Tips on um, communicating home. So for example, right, we use Remind to blast out announcements. We send home newsletters that are all in English every month, like a paper yes. newsletter on what they're learning and important dates. And so what are some tips on... You know, obviously I know if I'm going to yeah. uh, so, meet with them, you've given me some advice on the translator. But in terms of things being sent home. So you asked first about Remind. Remind can be changed. The language that's sent to them yeah. can be changed. So Remind, okay. that program itself, will translate for you. Okay. Um, Mom can set it up that way. Or us. I, I, We can still work yeah. out the details on that. Um, newsletters. If they are in a Google Doc, all you have to do and you want to use Google, not Slides, because yep. Slides doesn't translate easy, easily. Okay. It, you go under Tools, 
translate document and a screen will pop up and in the box where it says it'll say translated copy of and then the original documents name I change uh, I put the language in first so I know what I'm translating it to and then there's a drop-down menu and you can pick from like 50 different languages have to test this out okay. yes yeah it's and it's instant it's instant. I haven't done ENL in a long time. No, that's okay. <laughs> There's some great things. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. It, it, there is some yeah. great things. It's funny because I was talking with my mother-in-law the other day, and she's like, well, when I did ESL, because she is a Spanish and French teacher as a background, and every once in a while if there, an ENL student came through her program, she was asked to work with the student. And she's like, well, I was always told to teach talk in English and I'm like yes that is traditionally the policy but the scaffolds from the new language arts progressions actually dictate that students at the entering and emerging levels can do their work either in their new language or in their home language that's allowed oh. and then when they get up to the next level transitioning um, they can they can occasionally use the home language so if we're writing a literary essay she could, she be could write it in her native oh, language too that's good to know and then we could use the opposite buttons to translate, translate it back, back if she types it up okay but the keyboards are different because the alphabets are different it's a oh. Cyrillic alphabet so it's a little bit hard for Russian I know so my um, I have relatives that were um, that lived in Russia for many years and um, to send emails they always sent very short emails because um, the keyboard was so hard to what use. What about the speech to text? So what well, if she well, were to speak in Russian? That's true. And if we have an iPad, you can change the keyboard on it. Okay. Um, to to a Russian alphabet. So is she able then to have that tool, the, the iPad, for things like writing instead of the Chromebook? Um, right now she has both. So I'm okay. assuming next year we will be able to get both. Because that would be, we do in, you know, I'm, I'm sure being in Kira's room, um, we do a lot of our writing on Chromebooks just because they are longer papers, right? We're getting into like five paragraphs, things like that. So that would make writing so much easier for her mm -hmm. if she had the option to use a tool that allowed her yes. and to use Russian or... Yes, and the, the expectation for her would probably be much shorter yes. um at the beginning yep um and we're gonna have to build up from okay right now primarily i get words from her she has asked me um a sentence completely correctly in english um but we'll, we'll just have to kind of see where we start up and like that's how i try to view it is like she has all these skills in russian and ukrainian yeah um we need her to um, build up the skills in English, English. and she's going to get there. Right. It just it takes longer. It's harder um, because it doesn't come natural yeah. because she hasn't been doing it her whole life. So modifying the workload, is that something that you would help with? Um, like not, not a, I mean, giving advice as to, okay, so you're about to teach this literary essay. It's supposed to be five paragraphs. Here's kind of the criteria of what we would expect. And then you giving advice for, here's what I think she's capable of or what you should ask her for at this time. Like, is that something you would do or... Well, usually in the past, we, we give the assignment as it is, okay. and then we kind of go with what we get. Got it. 
So we're building up from what she can give us, and then we're pointing out where she's doing good. Okay. What she's doing well. Okay. Um, and then we're, you know, because like at the beginning, really what we, we need her to do something, and then we'll see where she's at. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then what skills she needs next. So it's a step-by-step process, and that's why I always say what I do is so individualized. <coughs> Because and, and but you know that as a classroom teacher, you have twenty four different kids, and each one could focus on a different area. Like yes, of course we can group instruction, and I love the um, cafe style of reading conferences, and I kind of apply that same method with writing conferences as well, where okay. we can great group them based on the skills that they need to supplement instruction as well. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. So, and I have pushed into, um, I have done integrated instruction in writing in fifth grade with Mrs. Lee, and then I did, um, in here I've been doing guided reading, and um, we've been incorporating writing um, re- literary responses mm-hmm. into our guided reading stuff yeah. and into our book clubs as okay. well. Okay. So, and s- also assisting with math in Zern. Where needed. So. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Okay. No, so. this is great. I'm excited. Okay. I, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about you um. as an educator and a teacher and your passion and your drive to help these kids. So I'm excited to get to work with you next Thank year. Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. I'm excited to get to work with you too. So, yeah. All right. Yeah.